Hello, hello, and welcome to MFAngle. We're poetry and fiction candidates at an MFA program, and today we'll be talking about the sweet, sweet cash. Hey, my name is Mirna. Things are tight on these stipends, but I've managed to still get a tattoo on my arm that reads, God has four snake in me. With a snake on it. Mm-hmm. I'm Shayna. F- does she even go here, Jones? And I'm from Harlem. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Nora. And I need a little baby that's going to swipe them feet. <laughs> All right. I'm Bessie, and I'm resigning from this podcast. <laughs> I'll give you my address for the checks. <laughs> the checks. The checks. <laughs> I didn't know we was getting paid. Whoa. If we was getting paid, I would have come on time. <laughs> so funding's... A weird little thing and every place does it differently we've got some fully funded programs we've got some not funded or partially funded programs I know in certain programs you can negotiate what your stipend is but that doesn't happen everywhere and we're funded evenly here and Shana you and I were both in other programs before this but yours was a very different program mine was fully funded and yours was it was partially funded so basically the program that I was in before um, was a larger program and what they did was like they would give you a certain amount of aid and the rest you would need to take out in loans. And what they did that was like kind of cool but not cool enough for people to actually sustain was that they would do a scholarship match. So I got into another program and they were like, if you bring your letter of acceptance and your funding, we'll match whatever they're giving you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that program was just also expensive. So even the match didn't put me where I needed to be. My previous program was technically still fully funded. I found out after my first year that not everybody was funded equally. I found out that some people had gotten like tuition waivers. Some people had gotten uh, like fees waived, which not all of us did. And the funny thing is I only found out about it by accident. We didn't find out about it because it was done in like a preliminary kind of way mm-hmm. where, where when you applied to the program you were automatically taken into account mm-hmm. but if you didn't get that scholarship either the tuition or the fees waived you didn't know that that was available to begin with so you can really like compete for it or even try to go for it it was something that I think it was the department it was up to them so did they market it as a fully funded program mm-hmm. but they it just was like you pick and choose who gets what kind of funding you pick and choose who gets like tuition waived because we didn't we had to pay tuition which was about two thousand dollars i think which is still a good chunk but some people were just automatically given that and because we didn't communicate we didn't know who was who got it or we didn't know the fact that some people didn't have to pay what other people had to and then once we found out it became like this even more competitive more like imbalanced power between a cohort and it got it got not necessarily aggressive but like that's messy yeah. it's messy there's programs messy. that's like that like you compete and every year people get different kind of funding mm-hmm. i also found out that there was like discretionary funds quote unquote this is a mess someone i knew had been thinking about leaving the program but then apparently they were given a bigger stipend to be convinced to stay Wow. In the I program. Try that. That's ghetto. Right. <laughs> That's really ghetto. I'm sorry. I think they're really good about keeping us pretty equal. That we know. That we know. 
My stipend is ten thousand dollars a month. Everyone pull out your bank account. <laughs> Speaking about money and tuition waivers, I I obviously cannot speak for all international students because I was already in the country when I applied to MFA programs. But the thing that was the most important for me, especially about being in a fully funded program, is that if you want to study in the United States, you have to prove that you have the funds to pay whatever they're asking you to pay. Oh. So, for instance, when I applied to this program, mm -hmm. I needed to prove that I had the money, which was easy because I got a tuition waiver and I was going to receive a stipend and supposedly nothing was going to come from me or my family. When I applied to undergrad four years ago, uh, what I had to pay a year, I had to come to the American embassy with a bank statement showing that I had $10,000 in my bank account right now. Like, not that I would work through them, not that I had some of it, but that I had it so that a visa could be approved and I could come to the United States. So when you're applying as an international student, you, you need to be sure that whatever they're gonna ask you for, you have at your disposal. And it's better if they're not asking you for anything. Yeah, because that's where it gets dicey with right. the fully funded, which in our case, we're getting about $20,000, I wanna say, for the two semesters that we're in school, that's not counting the summer. Yes. Um, we're getting our tuition waived, mm -hmm. but we're getting grad school fees so our student fees right which here are three thousand dollars and and our program gives us the option to have it deducted from our salary rather than us paying it um out of pocket mm -hmm. but can we talk about these student fees real quick because even if you're fully funded these fees will come out it's either tuition mm -hmm. or these fees yep. i have yet to see a program that covers both of them where you don't have to pay because that would be fully funded that would be actually fully yeah. funded yeah. right yeah. But these student fees that we have here are like for the gyms, for the pools, for shit we actually use like libraries, which is great. Mm -hmm. Never been to the gym. <laughs> Never I don't been even to the know libraries. where it is. <laughs> Did you know we have pools? So here we're getting funded the $20,000 uh, per year, not counting the summer. And then from that, we're getting 3000 pulled out mm -hmm. for fees. Yeah. So even fully funded, and I think... I'm pretty sure our program is one of the better paying ones. Definitely is, yeah. Right? But how well are we being paid after all? Yeah, I, I mean, this taps into the bigger conversation of graduate students being underpaid everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of those fees, those fees go down if you become an in-state student, right? Mm -hmm. They change. They vary depending uh, what kind of student you are. What I gather from the emails was that if you're an American student who's not a Virginia student, you can apply to become one in one year. If we get a driver's license or provide mm -hmm. proof of residency in state, mm -hmm. we can get our in-state license or in-state ID, and that means we're residents, which right. means we get that in-state tuition. So the fees go down. How, about how much do they go down? They come down, I think it's about $500. Mm. 500 It's just not even that much, <coughs> but... Uh, obviously, if you're not an American citizen, those fees will never go down. You will never pay in-state tuition. You always have to pay out-of-state because you're out-of-state. So that's another thing in which, as an international student, you'll be paying more uh, always. So with all these fees, we have to talk about student loans. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Don't know them. <laughs> Take over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I can, I can do this. I'm currently taking out student loans, mm -hmm. which, by the way... As you try to apply for an MFA program, sometimes your mentors will be like, go to a fully funded one so you don't have to pay. They miss out on the part of, hey, you still have to make ends meet. Yeah. So I'm taking out loans. I have been my entire grad life just to make ends meet. Rent, insurance, mm -hmm. whatever it is. 
And I've kind of come to be okay with the fact that I'm going to die in debt. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. there isn't much else I can do. When you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Because what can we do? We're doing our co- coursework. We're teaching. We have very few time to ourselves in mm. which we are supposed to be both writing our own poetry for mm. our careers, in which a we fiction. are trying, and fiction, sorry, <laughs> and in which we are also trying to grade our students' work or prepare for lesson plans, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So we don't have a whole lot of spare time. And in that spare time, what possible job can we get? It's like retail, which is $8 an hour. And hard. And, and drains hard. your soul. And draining. It's not feasible. It just isn't. And that's that's why I'm taking out loans. I mean, same. So in my other program, I took out loans just to meet the tuition. Mm-hmm. So I also had to work. So like trying to work, um, took out the max graduate loans. And then I was teaching part time, teaching theater to middle school girls. And it was hard because I was like, I don't know when to write because I'm working, because I'm planning, because I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> and I also think I had that like not, I mean, I guess it's a little naive, that idea that, like, all I need to do is leave that program to get to a fully funded program. Mm-hmm. And then I get to a fully funded program, and I'm like, oh, but I got a car note mm-hmm. and rent. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, life still happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you still end up messing with those loans. But I think at least here, and I think what, what I would tell people to be thinking about as they look into programs is at least you can put the loan to use in a way that like will help you try and sustain in a fully funded program whereas if you're using your loans towards your tuition then you still have way more worries outside of that oh definitely about getting money and having money i tried to not take out loans so my first semester i was like i'm gonna do this thing no loans and boy oh boy when i tell you i was like literally scraping by and it put me in such a deep depression because I was constantly worried about money, like constantly worried about worried about money and then beating myself up for like like the littlest thing. Like if I mm-hmm. got coffee, I would like want to die because I got coffee today. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed, everything seemed like a luxury. Mm-hmm. So when I was coming into my second semester, I was like, you know, something has to change. And I, I work. I work all my breaks. I worked over the summer. I worked over winter break. But I'm working retail, barely making any kind of money. Yep. So it doesn't really, it doesn't do anything for me. So I'm like, I needed, like, I needed something more. I needed more support. And I, you know, trying to do this on my own without my family. Because they don't, they really don't have to give me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really, taking out loans became a way for me to, you know, take a little burden off of me. Like, you know, I feel like I could breathe a little bit. It's yeah. still money. The loans that you get, it's still not that much money. So it's not right. like all your problems are going to be oh, solved. Because yeah, no. two days later, you're like, um, <laughs> I'm back to where I was. But it most definitely helps a lot to take out some help. Like, don't be scared. There's a lot of stigma around loans. So don't be scared to get the help you need because you have to get through this program you have to at least get through like the day-to-day right which is where it it crunches you you know you'd beat yourself up for coffee Mm -hmm. or you buy groceries Mm -hmm. and like you don't get a chance to cook necessarily during the week you can't come in in the weekend and you see that like all your produce has gone to shit that's that's like money you've lost right yeah 
the carrots, the baby carrots. <laughs> just yeah. throwing out a whole bag and buying a new bag. <laughs> cucumbers for me. Yeah. Cucumbers. I stopped buying cucumbers. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I mean, let me like let me acknowledge that uh, taking out loans won't solve your problems, and mm-hmm. also that when when you're not an American citizen, you cannot take out loans. It is that simple, especially student loans. You can take out a special international student loan that works very different from the federals that Americans can get. And this is where I need to do a a big PSA, which is that this past January, there was a law that was passed by the present administration, by the Trump administration, which says that if you as an international student, if you as a non-American resident receive any kind of state help, of federal help, you immediately disqualify to ever become a permanent American resident. So what does that mean? Take out uh, any sort of like food stamps. You cannot stay in this country forever. Get hurt, go to the hospital and pay your, your bill through state help. You cannot stay in this country forever. So, and, and like this, I only know about this because this university emailed me about it. I did not know, I wouldn't know any other way. So this is you know, information that you need to have as someone, if you are planning to stay in this country longer than for the duration of your student visa, don't take out loans or take out loans and know what the consequences of that will be. That's fucked up. That's a much more serious yeah. consequence than like we could possibly have, right? Yeah. So I'm that happy now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that guy jokes. <laughs> well, do y'all know that mm. was $40,000? Wait, okay, hold on, hold on, hold a on, hold year? on. Say this again into the mic and as smoothly as possible for me. Do y'all know that costs $40,000 a year for grad school? This is horrifying. Yeah. And that's partially, like they're already giving you some funding in that? That's the partially. Like that's where I was, partially. Holy shit. They gave me like $14,000 and I had to make up the rest in loans. So for one year I took out. For one year? Yeah, for one year, each semester, like, 20-something. Did you get, did the loans even give you enough to cover no, the money? No, it literally, I like, don't... I had just made it. I don't know how. Oh, I actually took out a grad plus loan on top of that. Oh, That's how shit. I made it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. Holy fuck. And they were like, oh, why are you so miserable? Why is everything, like, why is everything <laughs> crashing down around you? And I'm like, why are you always I depressed? just went, like, I left undergrad with $20,000 in loans, and I'm like, I could pay that. In, in two years, I'll be fine, like, mm-hmm. working, you know, uh, and had 20 more. <laughs> just Fuck. like just like that. In a single year? Yeah. Okay, so how so, do you budget on a stipend? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> you just swipe your card and pray. <laughs> Every time. Wow, yeah. that's it. That's it. I've been thinking about food a lot lately, because mm-hmm. I know, like, just a little bit ago, I said something about, like, your produce going bad. Mm-hmm. That's honestly one of my biggest worries when it comes to budgeting, just because rent, I'm like, okay, I can set aside the money. I can kind of like get that because that's also pretty regularly going and it's a set amount. Same with insurance, any other kind of payments that I have to make. Um, But groceries is where I feel like I make myself feel the worst, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm like, okay, I want to eat like relatively normally I want to make sure I'm taking care of myself making sure I don't get fucking scurvy (laughs) (laughs) I gotta like eat some fruits vegetables all that good stuff Mm -hmm. but then I buy my groceries and then the entire week I'm fucking gone because I'm in class or I'm teaching or I'm running around for projects right I don't get time to make the food I come back I'm like okay I have this food I'm gonna make it I'm gonna treat myself this is gonna be great I open the fucking drawer in the fridge and it's already bad (laughs) 
Ugh. And that's like just money wasted. Mm-hmm. And the food is where it gets me. Because yeah. I also don't want to eat out all the time. Because that's where it gets you. Mm-hmm. In a different way. Um, and I feel like maybe I'm also just like hungry all the time. So I'm just constantly <laughs> we thinking about this. Right? <laughs> but that's that's my biggest concern when it comes to budget. I mean, I feel like I don't I don't know about this like this budget word y'all talking about. I really, <laughs> I really try. Like I have my little planner and I like mm-hmm. do my handwritten budgets. But I feel like it's I don't know if it counts as a budget. I think I just like go every 15 days and I like write down everything I need to pay mm-hmm. and I highlight if it got paid or not and how I need to like move. That is budgeting. If I don't, that's budgeting. That's yeah. Budgeting. Oh, okay. You're doing it. You're doing it. So I budget in 15-day increments then, um, and I go for like what bills are due, and then I look at what wiggle room I have, and I kind of like work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, to the topic of food, like I come from a four-kid household with like a single black mother who mm-hmm. worked full-time, and so we used to shop like, like an $800 shop, and everything yep. went in the freezer. Yep. Um, and... Even though I live by myself, I shop like that. So mm-hmm. I'll do like, for me, it's like $250 mm-hmm. and I buy as much as I can and I freeze as much as I can mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I like, I buy meat in bulk. I break it down into like small things, mm-hmm. freeze it. So I have, I don't grocery shop often. Like when I do do like in the middle grocery shopping, it's like $20 here, $50 here because the base of everything that I need mm-hmm. is already stocked and ready to go. If the apocalypse hits, Come to my house. I'm coming over. <laughs> yep. I have everything. I am doing that though. Yeah. Frozen, frozen yeah. shit. Right. Like I'll take what I have, like meats, split them up in like Ziploc mm-hmm. baggies or whatever. Right. And then go mm-hmm. ahead and do that. I'm like buying first frozen veggies now mm-hmm. and fruits. You can even yeah. freeze your vegetables. Wow, this is yeah. not I love from podcast Shana. about vegetables. Yeah. No, this is important. Yes, freeze your, your bread. bread. I freeze I, my bread and I yes. just take two out and put it in the toaster yes. every time I need it. I, I have bread it. for mad long. But yeah, I'm having to do like frozen stuff, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily mm-hmm. bad, right? It has its own merits, but you have to work around it. I'm mad quiet because I don't cook. I just wait for Shayna and Honora to <laughs> <laughs> I think so the the wrap up here of budgeting on a stipend, I think you have to be realistic Mm -hmm. um, and know that you're not going to always have it figured out. I think that that is the biggest thing that I had to really just kind of sit with. Um, I was like, oh, I need to have all the bills paid in, you know, the right time. And like, of course, right. You want to have that luxury, but also on $20,000 for nine months, that may Mm -hmm. not happen. Um, And so like making sure that like you have, I like also rank bills or things I need to pay from like high importance, medium importance, low importance. Yeah, like this one can wait a little right. bit. Right. And so yeah. some things I'll like call and be like, hey, extend this until blink mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. until I can get whatever together, my rent and my card note are the things I usually pay first mm-hmm. and everything else kinda comes after. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. no like I think I think it's big. I'm like, we keep talking about food, but shop like as if you're, you know, not going to shop for a few months Mm -hmm. so that even when you're in a bad spot or like things are kind of getting low, you know that like you have a roof over your head and you got food Mm -hmm. because that is like the basics that you need in order to like be a living, breathing human in one of these programs. You need to be sleeping and eating. Yeah, Yeah. that's definitely what like I immediately take care of. Yeah. Yeah. Rent, car, and 
whatever insurance and extra yeah. little like mm -hmm. bits that are absolutely mm -hmm. necessary and then from there on and out. i love that shana calls the fact that you have everything paid a luxury because it is a luxury yeah. we mm -hmm. tend to think of having all of our bills paid like our obligation and like of course to some extent it is and also there's a lot of like privilege in that it is yeah. a luxury to mm -hmm. have everything paid and like forgive yourself i think mm -hmm. i have a lot of guilt around money that mm -hmm. just comes from being mm -hmm. poor for so long yeah i was mm -hmm. about to say that so <laughs> that's <true>. so like <laughs> know that you can't be perfect because when i got here and i'm like oh i'm making twenty thousand a year my mom was like you better be saving half of that because you know we've been, works, we've been poor for so long so any money looks like a lot of money yeah but like that's not the reality i'm barely making it too like sometimes i try not to once in a while you know i have to call home and be like y'all hook, hook me up real quick mm -hmm. you know so yeah ask for help well, shout forgive out to my grandmother yourself. who always <laughs> sending me money <laughs> yeah forgive yourself it will daddy. be okay <laughs> i always tell myself you didn't die the last time you were broke you're not gonna die this time yep Ooh. and we move about to make me shout in here <laughs> mm -hmm. going back to this this is only for nine months mm -hmm. of the year mm -hmm. we have the summers what do you guys do during the summers i feel like apply for retreats fellowships, mm. teaching opportunities, literally anything. Get really creative. I feel like that is where my mind has been, where I'm just like, I'm going to Google every retreat out there, mm -hmm. especially when they're like, we give a stipend for this much, mm -hmm. and here are the things that are expected of you. Um, there are also a lot of teaching positions where like high school, older level high school students mm -hmm. go to college campuses and they need teachers yeah. for like these like summer programs, mm -hmm. and they pay pretty well. You know, we're poor, but like try to save especially if you take out loans like what i did was save i put some rent money away from my loans for yep. the summer mm -hmm. so that especially if i'm moving around or if i'm somewhere else working mm -hmm. or doing like a fellowship at a school or something i can at least know that like my rent is going to be paid yep. yeah. and i can like work with whatever else i'm making outside of that but yeah apply to things especially if you know that you're not going to get paid over the summer which should probably start happening like at, in winter you should like know what you're looking at or oh, trying to look at for the summer like right now i'm looking into applying for like even just like retail in town because yeah. i have to do mm -hmm. a lot of things at home this mm -hmm. summer so i'm just like retail i'm like people are hiring in the like garden nursery thing yeah. i'm like i will be there i will mm -hmm. be that mexican right <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i cannot i will be there like you want me to work like at like fucking ulta fucking sears wait do we still have sears in town no but know. regardless like ultas, i'm applying yeah. to everything like pull up that indeed.com look Word. for everything Word. within like driving distance reasonable driving distance mm -hmm. and just apply like i think i have four versions of my resume right now Dang. that I've just been like I have like mm -hmm. copy server one mm -hmm. I have retail one yep I have a teacher one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have like my professional right. one mm -hmm. like the teacher one yep and then the yeah the retail one yeah. yep mm -hmm. yeah. what about you guys can relate so you can't work out outside the university if mm -hmm. you are not an American citizen if you work outside the university you will get deported I, I mean that's probably what will happen it's illegal uh you can only work 20 hours per week for the university unless you have a contract. So, I don't know, go home, work out of your country. Yeah, I, I've talked to a couple of other international students that have worked over the summer mm -hmm. here in the U.S., and they have to, like, get explicit permission yeah. from the school mm -hmm. to then let that 
other party potentially hire well, you. Well, and it isn't even like that simple because if you're doing that, then those hours are going to come off your OTP, which is your, you get, after you graduate from an American college, you get one year to stay in the country and work for something that has to do somehow with your major. Like mm-hmm. it can't be some random job it has to have something to do with what you study so if you're working during the summer for someone those hours they're not like free hours they're gonna come off your year mm-hmm. and how long you can be here after so Eesh. yeah so it, it's impossible really like you still have to pay rent like everyone else but you can't work for that money so what do you do i don't know i i'm i'm going home because at least i don't have to pay food there but i still have to pay my rent and what are my options as far as finding a job that'll just have me for three months yeah not none so save yeah that's pretty much it um so yeah i saved i literally took out a loan and saved almost all of it mm-hmm. so i could pay my rent for over the summer um i have worked at walmart every summer since i was in college and i don't know if i can do it anymore it's hard i think yeah, yeah i think I'm done. I don't <laughs> sorry to Walmart. <laughs> but also not really sorry because they exploit but, their workers. Yeah. Really. Yes. But I am going to work. So I applied like to work at a writing center. I'm going to yeah. apply to some other places. And yeah, I'm going to be working all summer. I mean, that's just always been the reality for me. Yeah. Like just to work somewhere, make some money. At least I know that I have money towards my rent. So no matter what happens, at least I'm have a roof. But yeah. the thing about the summer is a new semester is starting. Oh. And at the beginning of a new semester, there's so many expenses. Oh, yeah. So it's also thinking about that. Like, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to have to re-get my life together before this semester starts. Mm-hmm. And I need all of these things. And so, yeah, there's that too. I mean, it sounds really bleak. It because is. it is. Right? Yeah. I don't have nothing. <laughs> that was this it. This is a There's dark no fucking episode. <laughs> so what can your school do for you? So here at our program, we get $1,000 each year to travel. Um, they suggest we use it in going to AWP. If you see us at AWP, <laughs> I'm the cute one. So hi to me. Damn, we just got washed out. I mean, <laughs> so what can your, sco- your school do for you? Um, we get 1000 bucks to do pretty much any traveling we want that relates to our pro- to our thesis, to our writing. But most of us choose to use it in attending AWP every year. Yes. And you get it regardless of what year in the program you're in. So that's pretty great for us. Um, they pay for our ticket, and then we get reimbursed for everything up to $1,000. It's pretty nice. I mean, it's the biggest conference that we could potentially attend. And you get to see all your favorites if they're going. Yeah, you get to go to the readings, to the yeah. panels. You yeah. get to explore the book fair. We also, and part of this money, if we don't use it for travel, we can use for, like, books that relate to our writing to our Mm -hmm. research uh, as long as they're not books that we use for class but like we have that money helps cushion a little bit so you're not Mm -hmm. necessarily digging into your own pocket to get the books that that you need theory Mm -hmm. whatever it may be and also like um there there might be an opportunity to attend other conferences that the university will cover or Nora and I we went to Oakland this past semester and even though they didn't pay for everything they paid for a lot they paid for our airplane ticket they reimbursed us for some of the Uber trips so it was it was good I know at this like institution they also do little pockets of money that will give you space to go to affinity workshops um, which is a word that I want to unpack but not right now 
And what that looks like is just that if you feel like you're a part of some group who is not actually getting access to that group in your program, sometimes they'll give you money to go to places that will give you access. So, mm-hmm. like, you could go to Cave Canem, you could go to yeah. Kundiman. Canto Mundo. There we go, Canto Mundo. Any of those, um, they make, they you know, sometimes have pockets. So I feel like if you're in an MFA program and you haven't heard that explicitly, I would definitely ask and be like, hi, so there's this, like, workshop based on, like, where I come from or who I am, and I think that it'll help me with XYZ mm-hmm. um, to see if they have money to give to you. Yeah, there's little be, pockets yeah. that you can dig into. Yeah. Definitely. Cave Cannon, please accept me. <laughs> Because we are creative writers, we're always thinking about getting you reading and writing and doing the work that we're talking about coming to these programs to do. So I have a prompt to leave you with. And uh, this prompt is asking you to create a form that includes an explosion, a sound from your childhood, and a hybrid piece of a received form. So it's poetry specific, but I think it can branch out to fiction and prose. It depends on how you take it. I'm Sarah Boudreau, MF Angle's producer and editor. We would like to thank VT Publishing for its support. Mirna Palacio Ornelas is our host. Bessie Flores Alvidar, Honora Ankong, and Shana Jones are our contributors. Joe Fort is our audio engineer and podcast dad. And Dash Alauhe created our theme music. Thanks, listeners, for being listeners. <laughs> <laughs>